to the Disky Chicks podcast for business leaders and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Thanks, Roger. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Season 6 of the Disky Chicks Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Disky Chicks. I am Cindy Jacoby. I'm here with my co-chick, Martha Fourlines, and we are excited to kick off 2024 with you today. Yes. Uh, Martha and I were talking about, you know, how we should frame our year, and we thought that maybe following the uh, employee life cycle might be a great way to guide you, our audience, through all the different ways you can use assessments throughout the employee life cycle. Agreed, Martha? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many opportunities to help you in the decision-making process by using not just resumes and the data from your interview, but also these assessments to be able to compare and contrast candidates that uh, enable you to really make the best possible decision you can make. Yeah. And when we talk about a life cycle, what we like about these assessments is it starts off with the, you know, with the interview, you know, with the beginning phases of this, but these assessments can take us through the entire uh, employee life cycle. So I've got a quick graphic that I'm going to share with you and that will kind of be our guide. Yeah. If I can share my screen, <laughs> share screen. Like I've never used Zoom before. Okay. So this yeah. is just a, a quick little graphic of the employee life cycle. And throughout the the next probably six months or so, maybe, maybe not that long, maybe the first quarter, we'll spend um, each one of our episodes talking about these different boxes. So today is just going to be an overview to get you excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start with the first one, Martha. You want to kick us off with, you know, attraction. Ooh, what does you know? Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. For all you talent acquisition people out there, and if you don't have one of those in your organization, and you're the boss, and you are making all the hiring decisions, then this is for you. Yeah. So when we look at the opportunities um, to use the DISC behaviors and motivators and even some of the um, the tri-metrics tools as well with competencies or with emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. then you know job benchmarking is a big part of what we do, Cindy and I do with our clients to really identify what, you know, why is this job needed to begin with? So when you take it back and strip it down to what the key accountabilities are for that job, then it enables you to then back into, well, what are the requirements for this job? What are the skills, knowledge, and abilities that we need for this job? And what this enables you to do is to really look at, let's say the job is vacant because somebody left or you asked them to leave and you want to really ascertain, you know, do we really need this job this year? 
and the benchmarking process can help you make those kind of decisions. And then it enables you, if you are going to go out and recruit, to write the right job advertisement out there to attract the candidates that you're looking for. And then all the way through to, okay, now you have to have a job description that really puts all the details in there about what expectations you have for the person that you're hiring in this role. So that's a lot bundled into one, but it is a huge advantage to be able to, again, get more data for you to make the best decisions that you can for your business. I'm really looking forward to, to, to doing a job benchmarking segment. I think we've done some years ago, but, but yeah. Martha's right. This, a job benchmark is basically a job profile where you really just, you're honing in on this job. I know so many people, so many clients that will pull a job description, you know, off the internet and they'll post it. And it has nothing to do with their culture and, and all these other things. And so when you do a job benchmark, part of the output of that is enough information that you can tailor a job description and a job advertisement that's specific for this job and for right. your company. And so you are attracting, this is why, you know, we say attraction on here. When you put a customized job advertisement out there that you created based on the, the exact job you needed, you're going to be attracting the right people and you're going to be repelling the people who do not find this job interesting. So when we do a job benchmark, like Martha said, we'll talk about behaviors. We'll talk about motivators. You know, what is this job going to reward? What type of person? And so um, that's going to be a, that's going to be a great one. Yeah, it, for sure. It starts everything off. Um, yeah. One of the byproducts of the job benchmark, actual report piece of paper is um, interview questions that mm -hmm. help you. So we're going to move to, you know, to our next, our next section, which is the, which is the selection. Mm -hmm. So, you know, typically selection for most companies involve you know, gathering resumes as it should. Um, I always recommend a very short 30 minute, very targeted phone interview. Um, we can talk about the details of that when we do our selection one. Mm -hmm. um, panel interviews, um, who on your team should be doing the interviews and how you can use the results of these assessments to, to screen out uh, some of your candidates. And we'll say this every single time, you may not use a, um, an assessment to completely screen people out. Uh, this is one of the tools that goes with the resume and with an interview. It's a three-legged stool. So you may not, it's against the law. Don't do it. Um, super helpful in creating um, a full picture for who you want to hire, but don't just screen on that. So right. when we start using interviewing, um, it's going to help us match a candidate to that job profile that we were talking about. Right. What did I miss, Martha? Well, one of the my pet peeves with panel interviews is that, and I can't, some of my clients have talked to me about this as well, is that they come in there and it's like they're asking all the same questions that have previously been asked. So that tells me that this company is really not putting a lot of thought into 
you know, what role each person has on that panel and what data to go after. Because what we're looking for in that um, interviewing process is data and information points, not just looking at, you know, well, do I think people are going to like this person or personality type issues? So in order to make it really efficient and effective, you really need to organize that panel so that they're not all over themselves. Right. And we'll talk a lot about personality hiring yeah. um, because people fall in love with the people they interview and um, that doesn't mean it's a good job fit. So we, this job benchmark takes the emotions out and, and strictly goes by data. So, yes. so we love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So the next, you know, once, once you've chosen them, how do you, how do you integrate them into the system? Yeah. And that's through onboarding. Yeah. Um, onboarding is such an important. Golly. I mean, you're talking about first impressions for these new people in your organization, then it really needs to be looked at and, and an onboarding process mapped out for each employee, depending on you know, how high level a job it is and, you know, the role that they're in and that type of thing. Um, but it's really critical to have that great first impression so that you have people from the get-go that you've snagged them and they've almost like, you know, are, you know, eating the cookie about your culture and <laughs> wanting to stay right that's like so, going to be another one of my favorite days because I love onboarding and we've got some yeah. great tips for first day first week things like right. that assessments right. come into play um I mean I, I don't want to give away the whole thing but I typically will review the assessment you know that this candidate received and I also will compare it with the job you know description yeah. that we or, right. or the um the benchmark say hey here's here's what you here's what you scored here's what we were looking for here's some gaps that we want to address right away and here's where we think you're right. going to do beautifully but we'll talk yeah. about that and and then another teaser for you all is that we do have a comparison report that we dearly love where we can compare the candidate's profile to the manager's profile yes that's and see how complementary they are or how different they are, which usually leads to them being very complementary. But that also helps in the decision-making process from my perspective. Yeah, and I, the last part of onboarding, I would say, is that you, you know, every time you add a new team member, that teaming cycle starts over again. So that's it another works. thing that assessments can help is, you know, mapping things out and putting people on a team wheel and seeing where this newbie is going to fit in. Are they bringing in yeah. something completely different right. or are they going to fit right in with the, with, with the rest of the team? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Onward. Right. Let's, let's look at development. You want to talk about kick yeah. that one off? Yeah. I mean, the, the, once, once you get them on there and they're working in their job, then it's, then it's time to start it, you know, developing them and making sure that they are, you know, where they need to be in order to fulfill that job description that you created. And we'll talk about, you know, giving one-on-ones and how um, that assessment can help you deliver a one-on-one -on -one a little bit more smoothly, you know, on the level that that employee is, how to give feedback, um, mentoring, coaching, and just regular skill development. One of our assessments that Martha mentioned was the trimetrics. The trimetrics, the, 
that's try. So there's uh, disc driving forces. And then often is the competencies that is, those are skills. And you mm -hmm. know, on day one, how that employee feels about their skills. And so what skill development do you need? Um, TTI has a development plan where if you choose a couple of skills that somebody wants to develop, you can plug it into their system and they'll print out, um, you know, a two or three page development plan that helps give suggestions for that. So we'll talk right. about that and we'll talk about, you know, again, that feedback and giving reviews, things right. like that. Right. And it's so important to remember that, you know, this person needs enough time in the seat for you to be able to identify where the skill gaps may be, or maybe it's just a little fine tuning of a skill gap, but, um, but yeah, you need to give them enough time to kind of get their legs, so to speak. So, and hopefully as we yeah. move to the, to the green box of engagement that, that they're going to get them set up to just, yeah. you know, really be rocking and rolling. Yeah, yeah. And inevitably, um, and I'm a believer on performance reviews, that you're giving feedback, performance feedback day to day. Yeah. Not you give them a review once a year and they get blasted with stuff that they never saw coming. So um, I'm glad you said that, Martha, because I'm not a fan of performance reviews because I, I feel like you need to be giving them. So you, yeah. you finished your sentence with what I was going to say, you know, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, once a six months or a, a one year review, worthless if right. you haven't been having ongoing conversations. conversations. Yeah, yeah. And, and the employees want that. You know, they really want to be able to engage you in conversations, assuming you've created an environment of trust and they feel like they can tell you, you know, I'm struggling with this. This is something I need help with. I mean, what a gift when they come to you like that versus if- I'll see it, you in a year and tell you yeah. how you're doing. <laughs> right. So if you're having that ongoing performance dialogue, they're going to feel safe doing that, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 I'm, okay. We're on board with this. Um, yeah. folks, we don't rehearse this. So if we disagree, we're going to, we're going to tell each other that's okay. That's right. That's right. More than one way to skin a cat. So, right. um, right. when, when we talk about engagement, we talk about, um, you know, how the employee is spending their discretionary time. Do they, yeah. do they phone it in? Like, do they come in and hit the clock and leave, you know, hit the clock when they leave and they never think about work? That's not an engaged employee. So yeah. how can we, engage that employee and, yeah. um, you know, make them think about work in a, in a healthy way when yeah. they're, when they're in the shower or when they're going to bed, come up with some great ideas. So yeah, it's always being in the water for me that helps me come up with ideas. <laughs> but, but another thing also to remember is with the, um, kind of using this as a development tool is that employees, really, you know, want to make a difference. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a positive that of that theory, um, X and Y, you know, that they come there with good intentions. Yeah. And I think if you view it that way, then you can develop that one-on-one -on -one relationship with them and, and get them acclimated to their team in an easier fashion and knowing what their motivators are as their leader is going to be critical to know 
how to engage them. Absolutely. That's a great And Cindy and I have talked about this a lot on driving forces. So if you are not that familiar with driving forces, we've got a number of podcasts and videos out there that I would encourage you to go and, and look and see. And I was also saying this engagement part of this, that's also where we're looking at career paths. We're working about um, su yeah. succession planning. When when we create a job benchmark back in step one, you know, you can run your current employees through that as well, especially if it's yeah. a higher level position and kind of see who That's does true. have the right temperament, who does have a good fit for this job, who should we be considering? Because right. hopefully you'll have all of their assessments along the way and you'll be able to match those things up and, and reuse these job benchmarks um, right. as you need them. Right, exactly. And the last part of the employee life cycle is probably, you know, one where we don't necessarily, I don't know how much we'll use assessments for, but separation is part of, it's part of life, you know, yeah, it is. as, as you're developing employees and as they're growing, if they've hit a ceiling or um, they, they're just not a good fit anymore or um, for whatever reason, you know, learning how to separate successfully from an employee can save a lot of uh, heartache, danger, uh, lawsuits. Right. I mean, right. all kinds of things. And, and hopefully right. you're separating for a positive reason that there's a better opportunity because you've developed this person. Now they're ready to you know, spread their wings and fly because they've hit the ceiling where you are. Um, but if things aren't working out, if you've been doing all these things along the way, separation should just, you know, hopefully be a natural into what's not mm -hmm. a great fit or the, the role grew in a different direction than right. the employee. Right. What are your thoughts about separation? Well, and, and the assumption here too is you've been giving employees that performance feedback on a day in, day out basis. And you see an employee that is struggling in a particular part of their job then you know you're doing everything you can to enable success but you know at the end of the day it's in their hands are they going to do something about it and then you if you get to the point where you started some progressive counseling and discipline with people then you put that performance improvement plan in place you give them the exact path to success to stay in the job, but it doesn't happen, then, you know, you've done all that you can do. You've and done sometimes all they'll that just, you can do. They'll tap out. They see, yeah. you know, when they see it on paper, yeah. you know what? I always say, if you don't want to do this, we totally get it. We love you and we will let you go, you know, and wish yeah. you well. Um, if this is not what you want to do. And so that's why this feedback is so important. Nobody wants it to is. go to work and do a bad job. Back to your other point no. of no. You know, assuming positive intent. But if right. you're not clear on what is required to stay and you just get frustrated as a manager, it frustrates the employee and there's no progress made. So separation is an important part of the life cycle. Um, and yeah. hopefully you only you only do it when you have to and, and it it works for them as well in the, yeah. in the best interest. I'm going to stop sharing. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. If I know how to stop sharing, stop sharing. Okay. I saw red. I thought I was going to close out the whole, the, the whole thing. Yeah. So I well, think uh, we've got I'm our, yeah, Martha and yeah. I are very low C's as most of you know. And so this, this much planning um, is, is a little terrifying for us, but it, 
what'll be funny, Martha, is if we come back in two weeks and we forgot we did all this and then we just go off onto some other topic. But I think we can remember that yeah. we're going to stick with the employee life cycle for a while and yeah. really talk about job benchmarking and, and getting that data down on what the, what the perfect profile is. We'll yeah. never get that exact person, but no. we're pretty close. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate that. And happy new year to everybody. Hope you have a great year this year. And if you want to contact us, you can go to diskychicks.com and we've got a contact um, opportunity there. Um, Also, you can see us on Facebook. That's where we have the actual uncut videos. (laughs) And we also have all the podcasts at diskychicks.com. So, yep, and they're on, them all on the Spotify major, and all the yeah, real, all all the real cool things. Yeah, like, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. It's right. I'm right next to Megan Kelly in my, in my library. I feel so important. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, have a great uh, weekend. See you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.